You're listening to Never Sleeps Network. Welcome, family, friends, fans, and foes. It's time once again for Never Sleeps Network's Talking Wrestling. And I'm your host, Casey Corbin. And thank you for joining us today on the show. But, 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 before we get to the show, you know what you got to do. You got to hit us up on all the social media outlets that help the show grow. So, we know that we got a Q&A episode coming up in the near future. So you have those questions, you send those questions in to our Gmail, talkingwrestling at gmail.com. Uh, remember, if you send a question in and we read it on the air, you will get a postcard from the 80s, 1984 postcard of a wrestler of your choice if we still have it. Yes, we still have Jerry Lawler. Yes, we still have Tommy Wildfire Rich. Yes, we still have uh, Abdullah the Butcher. Uh, we have so many, so many postcards, and we want to get these out to you. So uh, send in a wrestling question, and uh, make our make 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 this show your show, make it our show, make it the best show ever. Um, with that said, uh, you can find us on Twitter at TNW Pod. You want to hit us up on the old Instagram? We are at Talking Wrestling Instagram, uh, and on the um, Facebook Talking Wrestling. Uh, that is the Facebook page for Talking Wrestling. Uh, if you are on iTunes, uh, rate, review, subscribe. If you give us a five-star rating and a favorable review, we'll also send you a postcard uh, if we read that uh, resp- uh, review on the air. And if you hear it on the air, you hit us up on the Talking Wrestling Gmail. Say, I heard it, and send us your address, and then we send you the postcard. That's how it works. So uh, that is pretty much it. Also, uh, if you are on Spotify, we are also on Spotify. Give us a like. Subscribe to us on Spotify. Uh, if it's a heart that you give us, give us one of those. Tell your friends. Tell your family. And uh, tell everyone about Talking Wrestling because we are growing and we are going places. I got to tell you that right now. And uh, with that said, I'm very excited. Very excited. I got a guest on the show that I've wanted to have on here for a while. Um, one of my oldest friends in the comedy business. I started, uh, I'll tell you, I started comedy in 1994, folks. Uh, this is my 25th year in comedy. And before my first night on Amateur Night uh, in, in Ottawa at the Ottawa Yuck Yucks um, in the basement of the Capitol Hill Suites or Beacon Arms, whatever you want to call it. Uh, not not like a, a bird beak in arms. I mean like a beacon, B-E-A-C-O-N, beacon not a beak in arms. I was like, that sounds like a delicious bucket of chicken. Um, no, no beaks, no arms. Uh, but anyways, um, I had to go a week before to see. Uh, they said, come down and watch the comedy show for a week. and A week before, and then you go on the week after. So I went down the week before and uh, saw a lot of acts. There was like uh, probably about nine, nine to ten acts on the show. Maybe even twelve with, with a headliner. And um, and two of them stood out. One stood out because he was so good, and one stood out because they were so bad. So Rex and the Zads, you know where you are. You were the bad act. Uh, it's not every day you see a guy in a Nazi uniform on stage in a Jewish-run comedy club. But, um, but hey, it's comedy. And the guy I saw that actually killed that night, I could not. I, I, thought, I thought, this guy's going to be on Letterman next week. No, he was on the amateur night with me next week. Uh, Wafik Nuzrella is here, one of my longest friends in comedy. Uh, Wafik, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for being here. Oh, thanks for having me, man. I've been looking forward to this. Oh, man, it's so great to see you. Uh, we, we, we were doing comedy in the 90s. Yeah. And that was an area of time where Ottawa exploded with comedy. But yeah. not only that, we went from watching the crappy early 90s wrestling into the Attitude Era. That's right, yeah. And uh, what do you remember from that? What do you remember from the Attitude Era? Oh, man, just the superstars and real superstars. I haven't seen anybody that, that comes close to being The Rock or Stone Cold since then. You know, there's a lot of stars. John Cena, maybe, but he's still not what they were to wrestling back then. Yeah, it was It was at a point, it was a great point where, like, everybody was so over in the Attitude Era that, uh, you know, I remember 
I would wear wrestling shirts on stage. That's how popular wrestling was, people. I felt comfortable going on stage yeah. wearing a wrestling T-shirt. <laughs> I was awesome. If I wasn't wearing a DX shirt, it was a Stone Cold shirt. If I wasn't wearing a Stone Cold shirt, it was, uh, you know, maybe a, a, a rock shirt. But, um, yeah, the fact is, is I used to wear wrestling shirts on stage. I used to wear them out to the bars, out to the clubs. And guess what? I wasn't getting laid. <laughs> Not at all. Um, the girls came later, I think. The, the, the attitude area heiress er, er, was uh, uh, mostly a guy thing. <laughs> yeah, I, I kept telling them to suck it, but none of them would. That's the problem is you say suck it and you show them where to suck it. And they're like, no, no, that's not cool. No. Um, DX just went into the Hall of Fame. What do you, I, like? Okay, well, first of all, even before we get to that, um, when did you find wrestling and how did your wrestling journey uh, begin? Well, um, back in the 70s, I guess, um, my dad loved it. It's it, Egyptian people still love it. I The last time I was in Egypt, I was sitting down on Monday watching the week before Raw. Like, yeah. they, they would air it a week later. So, like... And it was cool, man. Like, I mean, watch it. It was in English. They'd have subtitles in Arabic. And it, it, my uncle and all my cousins love it. They still think it's real. Yeah. And you, you try to explain to them that I can't say fake. I know that uh, I've gotten chastised for, from quite a few wrestlers for slipping that word. Yeah. So uh, I told them that it's, it's not fake, but it's not real. Yeah. And... Um, they didn't. They don't believe it. They like the th- and yeah, the bumps are real. You know, like some of them are like. There's some real pain there. There's oh, some yeah. real stuff going on. Um, my uncle visited uh, Ottawa after he got married, and that's when we started going to live events at the Civic Center. Yeah, which is now TD Place. Uh, <laughs> back then, it was way, way before 9-11, so security was always lax. So we would get seats in the nosebleeds, but I would run down with other kids around, and we'd go right down to the floor and watch it from there. Yeah. Uh, I actually got to sneak backstage, and uh, I saw kayfabe get broken and actually got shit on by Ric Flair. What? Yeah, yeah absolutely. No, wait, I, stop, stop the press. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait. Now, usually when wrestlers shitting backstage, it usually involves in Sable's uh, suitcase. Um, but this, uh, <laughs> many wrestlers have defecated in other wrestlers' briefcases or suitcases. Um, that's why there was no money in the bank in the Attitude Era because you didn't want to open up the briefcase and see a pile of shit. <laughs> wow, I didn't know that. No, I just made that up. <laughs> um, but Jerry Lawler was famous for his appearance in the first Royal Rumble that Jerry Lawler did. He was not wearing his crown because the rumor was Davy Boy Smith had shit in his crown. Oh wow! Or someone had shit in his crown. Yeah. So he walked out that night with carrying the crown, but he didn't wear it because someone had shit in it. Wow. So, okay. but the shitting in people's things was was like, look at X Pac has talked about it. He shit in Sable sandwich, and 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 then put it back in the sandwich and put it back in the thing, and then you know when she was in a, having a match. And, you know, it's like, do you, how do you think X-Pac's relationship with Brock Lesnar is? Wow. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> I don't think they talk. No, no, no I don't no. think so. Rita said you're an asshole, you yeah. know. <laughs> um, but, uh, but uh, yeah, so so it's just like, um, yeah, so so Rick, take, take me to this. So okay, Rick Flair. Sure. So how do you, you get backstage and Rick Flair's there? Yeah, well, I mean, like I said, security wasn't really that tight. So we just, I, I, we all walked in, and the other kids kind of stopped. Yeah. They, they kind of knew not to go any further, but I was like, you know, I was yeah. a shit disturber back then. Yeah. So I thought, all right, I'm going to keep going. And I come around the corner. Now, Rick is talking to Big John Studd. Jo- Big John Studd at this time is a face. Yes. And Rick is a heel. Mm-hmm. So I'm watching this, and I'm stunned. I'm like, wait a minute, they're not supposed to be talking they're not, you know, good guys hang out with good guys, bad guys hang out with bad guys. So instantly I'm stunned. And then Rick looks over at me and he sees me. He's like, are you supposed to be here? And I'm like, no. He says, get the fuck out of here. Woo! <laughs> yeah, I ran. Believe me. <laughs> oh, my God. That's great. <laughs> like, that's awesome. One time we tried to sneak backstage and uh, my friend wasn't looking where he was going. And uh, he bumped into a girl who was in her wheelchair and then she was like, fuck off. And then he's like, oh. And then, and then I was like, ah, ha, ha, ha. You got told by a girl in a wheelchair. 
you know. And then we saw Steve Lombardi, and he was just standing there, and he was drinking a Labatt 50, and he just lost. So I was like, well, it looks like Steve Lombardi's got 50 good reasons to be drinking a beer. Remember <laughs> the Labatt 50 commercial? Yep. used to be like, 50 good reasons why to drink Labatt's. And it's yep. like, yeah, you just lost a match to Jim Powers. Better crack her open. <laughs> yeah. You're in. You're in the Robert Gertin Arena. You better crack her yeah, open. No you know? kidding. Um, but that was crazy. That uh, Ric Flair is like, get out of here, kid. Yeah. Oh yeah. my god, that's so awesome. He swore at me. It was fun. <laughs> that's uh, that is totally insane. Uh, I wish Ric Flair yelled at me. But one of my best memories ever was Ric Flair when he came out in Ottawa and he smashed Piper in the head with the belt at Superstars, and um, and then and then eventually. Piper would hit Vince McMahon with a wooden chair across the back. Wow. And that was uh, the first bump that Mr. McMahon or Vince McMahon ever took. Was wow. in Ottawa at the Civic Center. So that is a little um, Ottawa, since we're here in Ottawa, the nation's capital. That's a little tidbit of information for you people. Um, I was just in the Ottawa Civic Center TD place not too long ago. Yeah. And it's amazing, like, all the memories that come back to me involving wrestling and concerts yeah like i was like oh i was sitting there for kiss yeah i was sitting there for metallica and the fact is it's such a small venue when you think about all the bands that we saw and all the wrestling that we saw yeah like it was it was a good venue for superstars to tape because what when wwe goes to your town they often film from half of the side so they 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 cover up a couple sections yeah that they film in Fucking Ottawa, the Civic Center, the TD place is only half of an arena anyway. That's right. So yeah. it's it's actually perfect for yeah. them to fill because they don't have to worry about the small half. Yeah. They just fill them the fucking big half. Yeah, and they filled all the people there. Yeah, and it's uh, and it's fantastic. And um, I remember watching Bret Hart versus Shawn Michaels, and like you know, if you go back and look at that, like I saw two superstar tapings. They were five hours each, and. Um, I went back and there was a website where you can pull up every match. There's like over 40 matches yeah. in one night. Like you're watching all the prelims and stuff, but then there would be like a really good match. Yeah. And I remember um, during a battle royal one time, somebody tried to got, jump the rail. And they tried to get in the ring and fucking Skinner just uh, – a guy goes to try to get underneath the yeah. rope. Yeah. And Skinner walked up and booted the fucking guy right in the head. Yeah, right in the head. It's open game when you walk into their area. And then he fucking fell out to the outside, and then perfect went underneath and fucking boom gave a guy a couple knocks on the fucking head too. Yeah. And then security took him away, and then perfect got back into the battle royal. But um, just you know, I always think about what happened with Brett at the Hall of Fame, and it's just like yeah, and I think about right. I think about oh my god, like. The wrestler's rule of anything goes if you step yep. into our zone. You know, what idiot would actually think it, that they would do? Like, like I can't even imagine. what, what, Why would you even attempt to do something like that? Exactly. I have no idea. Especially at the Hall of Fame, man. I mean, they're, they're not, he's older now. He's retired. I mean. <laughs> the guy said, it seemed like the right time. I was like, yeah, because the. <laughs> The, the cancer survivor, the stroke survivor, the 61-year-old yeah. man up there that you still think is a champion, yeah. you're going to fucking tackle him. And you and, and he got some shots in on him, too. He apparently. did. Yeah. And, uh, but he, I would like, we saw pictures of him right away when they took his picture. I would yeah. like to see him the next day when his, uh, all the swellings. Yeah, no know, kidding. Like, yeah. Because, man, did Ronda Rousey's husband feed him. For, yeah. And then, you know, and then... Uh, and then, oh, and then Bulldog got in there, uh, Harry Smith. Yeah. And then that, oh, Dash Wilder. This Dash is, Wilder, this yeah. Is they, like, his was really cheap, though. Yeah. It was, it was a cheap shot. <laughs> you know, well, all the other ones where they're holding the guy down and everybody else is beating on him was fine. <laughs> That's but <right>. the one <laughs> where he's leaving, he thought he was safe and being escorted out. And then Dash just pops him like, he's walking with him. And then all of a sudden, he, you know, he clocks him like, oh, <laughs> It was just like so awesome. Um, like it's not odd. that guy is mentally ill. Let's remember that. <laughs> That's right. And, uh, and yeah. yeah. So um, who was so when you were younger and a kid, uh, who were your favorite wrestlers when you were younger? Um, I don't even know if I'm saying his name right because one of the big ones that because uh, a lot of times we'd go to the the Civic Center 
there'd be 3,000 people, you know, yeah. a lot of empty seats. But there's one guy, the Boogie Woogie Man. Yeah, yeah. 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 Jimmy Valiant. Yeah. When he came, the place was jammed. It was great. Yeah. And you couldn't leave your seat because security was tight then. And it was that was the most fun I think I ever had going to the Civic Center. And it was just everybody that went to see him. Because, you know, when his music hit, because he was like, yeah. uh, ooh, wah, ooh, wah, yeah, cool, right. cool kitty. Uh, something yeah. about New York City. Yeah. Yeah. The Boogie Woogie Man was, uh, it was great because the Valiant Brothers were Jimmy and Johnny Valiant. And Jimmy was usually in the NWA, like down there in yeah. the south. But we always had Johnny Valiant, who was always like managing Brutus Beefcake or Greg Valentine. And yeah, Johnny was Johnny. But like, meanwhile, while Johnny's being a manager, fucking Jimmy Valiant is still in the south yeah. ripping up the territories yeah. and, uh, and drawing, drawing money. Yeah. And uh, everybody knew the Boogie Woogie Man. Exactly. Great name. Great yeah. gimmick. Um, yeah, I guess for me, like, I remember, did you did you go to Hulkamania in 86 when it first came in? When they did it at, uh, at the uh, on the football yeah, field. Yeah. yeah, of course. Yeah, that was an insane, insane yeah. night where um, I remember going down, like, uh, listening to um, the radio on CKBY, or what was country radio <laughs> in uh, Ottawa back then, and they had Macho Man Savage. And we're driving to it, and he's doing an interview like, right now I got the Intercontinental Champion, but I'm using it as a stepping stone, a stepping stone to get to the World Championship. <laughs> and it was like, oh, my God. Like, you know, and he's like, uh, and I was just so excited to see Macho Man with Elizabeth yeah. against Hogan. Yeah. And, uh, you know, but I remember also seeing, like, the Funks against the Rougeos. That's right. I remember seeing Georgiano Steele ram some kid's head in the turnbuckle, and the kid cried. <laughs> and I missed that one. <laughs> I think Junkyard Dog had to make it better by grabbing some cakes or uh, doing some dancing. Um, you know, and uh, I can't even remember. I can't even. I remember Renee Goulet was in a match. Um, it was actually wasn't that great of a card, no. but the fact that it had. Hogan, Hogan, yeah, that's what made it a great card. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and at that time, I think it was his first time in Ottawa, so it, everybody was going crazy. Oh, it was insane! It was I was thirty six rows up. Wow, and thirty six rows up, and I remember when he came out of the riders' dressing room at the other end of the field before they even got to where the ring was. I put up my sign like he was going to see it. <laughs> And then the guy, I worked a week on this sign. I, had, I did not do homework for a week because I worked wow. on this sign. <laughs> and uh, the minute I put up the sign, the guy ripped it in half, ripped it. And then my dad, I looked at my dad, and my dad's like, you shouldn't have put the sign up in his front of his face. <laughs> I was like, oh, come on, dad. Oh, man. What, what, not call my dad lame, but that was a lame moment. No, no kidding. Yeah. Dad should and least... who's ripping up signs? Like, that, that's what you go to the, you expect that to be held up in front of you. Exactly. This guy's like, oh, it's not like back then. Like, now you just be like, when somebody's like, put down your sign, I'm like, look somewhere else. There's <laughs> this, you can see it on five of the other screens. That's right. You know, but back then there were no screens. No, that's right. Yeah. So I get it. Like, you know. My sister was very hesitant in putting up her George the Animal Steel sign. Uh, you know, she had George the Animal Steel for president. It was a sign. <laughs> My sister did not know how to. He's prime minister. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> she was just a kid. She's not smart. So, uh, so that was a good card. And uh, I remember uh, one time I saw Hogan against Bossman, and that was a that was a good card too uh, at the Civic Center. And uh, yeah, they used to come through quite a bit actually. Yeah, you know. Um, what were you, so when we were in the Attitude Era, do you have a favorite match of the Attitude Era or at any time? Anything? Well, the, the big thing for me was that I was at the Raw after the screw job yeah. in Montreal. Yes. So I got to see how half the roster not show up. Yeah. And uh, Stone Cold not come out till the very, very end. And I don't even know if The Undertaker came out at all, but there was a dark match. And that, that had The Undertaker He was in, in the dark and, match, yeah. 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 And there's something about Undertaker coming to the ring that just, regardless, like, that he could be 
backyard wrestling. You you get you, you turn out the lights and you have the Undertaker come in. You get goosebumps. You do, and it's ridiculous. You know, I remember um, a few years later going to a Rod and Kane, and I was in the nosebleed sections. And when he does that thing where he drops his arms and the fire shoots up, you yeah. can feel the heat off that in the nosebleed. Yeah, it. Um I remember that, you know, I watched that Raw on the network a few, maybe about a month ago. I, I pulled it up and I watched it. I watched it and I watched the Cornwall one too because I was at them both. And uh, yeah, it's, Cornwall was a recording. It was aired the next week. Yes. And yeah. the, what was famous of the Cornwall one was that's the night that Rick Rude appeared on Raw and Nitro. Nitro at the same because, time. That's right. Yeah. So he did both. So that's I, but it was great. So, but the Ottawa one, what uh, a lot of people don't know, but Ottawa was DX wasn't fully named at that point. D Generation X. That's right. And they and they didn't even have their. But Ottawa was the first night where they introduced them to the DX music. That's and right. They called and they said because Brett called them degenerates in a couple weeks earlier. That's right. You're nothing but a bunch of degenerates. What did you call him, Ellen DeGeneres? <laughs> What? Ellen DeGeneres X. <laughs> you know, <laughs> if Portia DeRosa ever breaks up with Ellen DeGeneres, she's going to be like DeGeneres De, X. That's right. Um, but, it, but it was like, you know, so so they, that was the first night where it's like, dun, 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 dun. like I remember yeah. the heartbeat. Because yeah. we were like, the raw, because you, you, we saw the, the matches beforehand. I think Mark Henry wrestled on the undercard. Yeah. And uh, Glenn Kalka. I saw Glenn yep. Kalka wrestle. That's right. Uh, Edge wrestled and actually hurt somebody in a really bad mishap. I remember that. Uh, but we didn't know that was Edge. It was just some fucking guy. Yeah, that's there. right. Um, so that was all on the, the, I don't know, what shotgun taping or whatever they had for TV, Sunday Night Heat or whatever. Sunday Night Heat, I think, yeah. But, um, but then, yeah, so then DX came out and full-on DX, like yeah. China, the yeah. Rick Rude, the original DX. Um, you know, and the thing about DX back then is like, Sean was always the star. That's why DX was on top. The minute Sean left, DX yeah. dropped yeah. to mid card because Hunter had to rebuild it. Like, That's right. Hunter was very lucky to be even part of DX. Like the fact that Sean brought him along. Well, I don't know if he'd be what he is now if it wasn't for DX. No, I exactly. If it wasn't for yeah, or the click. Yeah. You know, and that's you look at them going to the Hall of Fame this year. And for them to say, like, they thank the DX, but they also thank the click because if it yep. wasn't for the click, there wouldn't be DX and there wouldn't be NWO. That's right. And when you think about that, you're like, holy fuck. Like, yeah. just think about that for a second. You know, sometimes I wonder what Hogan prefers. Like, what yeah. era did he like better? Like, what does Hogan like Hollywood Hogan over Hulkamania Hogan? Or which one? Because, you know, bo he made so much money at both. Exactly, in both. Like, in, in two different eras. And he was the number one guy in each era. And I don't understand why there's so many, like, there's wrestlers now that don't want to go heel. Hogan proved that you could still be on top of the world yeah. as a heel. Well, that's why Hogan is the greatest. Yes. Because Hogan was the greatest face. Yeah. And when he was the heel, there was nobody better than Hogan. No, it's true. And then when he flipped him back to face... There was nobody bigger. Like, That's there's right. no, like, I, I, you know, yes, he may be racist, but still, most of <laughs> the greatest wrestlers were racist. <laughs> you know, uh, you know, so Dusty Rhodes, not racist. Uh, Dusty Rhodes was the one who put the belt on Ron Simmons. Um, yeah. You know, but now I'm trying, Andre the Giant, very racist. Was yeah? Uh, they don't really talk about it in the documentary. No, that's but right. You watch an interview with Kamala, and he'll tell you how he, he packed a small little gun inside his uh, loincloth in case Andre tried to take advantage of them during their matches. Wow. He was actually like he feared for him. Or one time, uh, Bad News Brown heard Andre dropping an end bomb and uh, called Andre and took him off the bus and said, "I don't care how big you are, I'll I'll drop you and I'll yeah. kick the shit out of you." Like. Bad News Brown is a bad motherfucker. Yeah. You yes, didn't he want to is. Mess with. That's right. That's like, right. You ever hear the story about? Um, so he was on Stampede, and they were touring there on a bus, and um, back of the bus there's a newbie, and they, I guess uh, I don't know, maybe one of the Hearts, or I don't know who uh, who it was, but 
somebody said, dude, well, you know, Bad News Brown's son is a, is like a famous uh, piano player, like a famous pianist. Wow. And they're like, really? He goes, yeah, yeah. He, he goes, he goes, you don't want to talk to him about something. Just ask him about his son and how great he is at playing piano. And so then they're like, actually, go, go talk to him now. He's up there reading the paper. Go up and talk to him. He's like, you want to get in with him? He loves talking about his son. Oh. So guy goes Why up. is it that I right now you're telling me this setup and I'm like, oh, this is not going where it should. Yeah. <laughs> so this guy goes up there. He's like, hey, bad news. And he looks at him and, and he's like, uh, uh, you know, I just think, you know, you're such a great wrestler and everything. And, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, you're just a great man. I know you're a great man. I know you're a great father. I, I know your son is a brilliant piano player. He's like, what? And he's like, your son is a brilliant piano player. I know your son <laughs> is a brilliant piano player. And he's like, my son has no fingers. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Can you imagine that? And the oh boys my. in the back are all laughing. Oh, they're dying for sure. This is a guy who's uh, finished third and he's won a bronze in the Olympics uh, in uh, judo, you know? <laughs> Jesus Christ. I'm actually surprised you didn't get up and say, well, which one of you motherfuckers told him to say this? <laughs> I know it was you, Bruce. Yeah. I know it was you. Yeah. <laughs> if that was you, Brett, I'll get my revenge. You won't know it, but it'll come. And then all of a sudden, WrestleMania 4, he threw oh, Brett out. <laughs> I was like, Brett, you shouldn't have trusted him. You knew he was bad back in Stampede. <laughs> oh, my God. I can't imagine that I'm going to, I might, you know, there's a chance that uh, we might get, like, I'm going to meet Jimmy Hart in June, but there's a chance that we might be able to get him on the show. Oh, that'd be great. I would love, like, I'm so excited to even get the opportunity to talk to Jimmy Hart. Jimmy Hart, like, and I don't even know what I want to talk to him about, because he's, like, my Hulk Hogan, my favorite wrestler. You got to talk about everything. Hogan's the favorite wrestler of all time, one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. He managed him. Mm-hmm. Bret Hart, one of my Hart Foundation, my That's favorite right. tag team of all time. He managed him. One of my favorite comedian wrestlers of all time, Andy Kaufman. He managed him. That's right. <laughs> you know, I'm like, he was there for everything. So uh, I'm I'm very excited to have him on Honky Tonk Man. Like, you, and you work with the Honky Tonk Man. Uh, yes, I did. Yeah. Tell Man, us about that. He, um, I, I really enjoyed my time with him, but he is bitter. There's a lot of, like, Hostility. I hope it changed now that he's in the in the I Hall think of it Fame. Has changed. Uh, but like when I first met him, it was before the Hall of Fame, and he he there's there's he he's so honest. Like everything yeah. he talked about in wrestling on stage and off was just completely honest. And he was a really really awesome guy to hang out with. Mm-hmm. But I was just surprised that it just seemed like almost like Dave Mustaine getting kicked out of Metallica. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, really? It was kind of like kinda that. Kind of like that. Yeah. Kind of like you know. Uh, sometimes I just want to hang out with my good friend Terry and uh, just be buddies again. But you know. Yeah. Yeah, like uh, he's sort of, he's got he's kind of down despite the fact that he's had a brilliant fucking career. Yeah, exactly. And like he's he had a great career, but it, it's almost like it, it could have been better. Better. Yeah, I never understood that. It's like you're the number two greatest metal band of all time. Exactly. But yeah. you got kicked out of the number one band. That's right. You know, it's not so bad. Like you didn't need them to succeed. But I'm mean, like, you know, like it's so funny because Honky won the title uh, because Rick Steamboat wanted to be a family man and go home and have a baby, and you know, and he just he just had a baby. He didn't want to be on the road. He didn't want the title, so they're just like, yeah, you that's can't fine. blame him. We'll just take the title away from you, and we put it on Honky Tonk. And uh, it, you know, for that time, you couldn't pick a better heel. Honky was oh, so yeah. good. Oh, he was. And I love the Honky Tonk man. He had singing and dancing, and um, he was never a face and never wanted to be a face. No, and he was never a great wrestler and never wanted to be a great wrestler. <laughs> he just wanted to be an entertainer. Mm-hmm. That's and right. That's when, and he wanted to be a heel, and that's what he was. And, you know, it's just like, I remember during the Hall of Fame speech, he's like, well, it took a while to get this gimmick. I'm like, you're fucking Elvis impersonator. Stop making it sound like (laughs) somebody had to make up a gimmick. They're like, yeah, Annie Kaufman was already doing Elvis. That's right. You know, it's like, you're lucky he didn't take. That's what I often wonder. And this is the question I will have for Jimmy Hart. Do you think Annie Kaufman 
would have been jealous of Wayne Ferris's character and the career that he had as the honky tonk man being a bad guy wrestler. Oh, that's going to be a great question. Because and that would be that would be a good question for Jerry Lawler too. But yeah. I think I think because Andy Kaufman was obsessed with Elvis and he was obsessed with wrestling and the fact that yeah. an Elvis impersonator is now a bad guy wrestler. Yeah. He must have thought that was brilliant. Was like, he alive for any of that? No. No. But I think I would like to think that he would think that was like an homage to him. Well, not even that. I think he would think, be like, why didn't I think of that? Maybe, yeah. I think he would be like, that's brilliant, but at the same time, I think he would be jealous. I think so. Um, You're right. Yeah, because... Some kind of copyright thing? Just some, yeah. Maybe. Could be. Uh, this week, WrestleMania just passed. Of course, uh, Michael Che and Colin Jost from Saturday Night Live were in the Battle Royal. So, um, so that means that Braun Strowman should be hosting next year. No, um, <laughs> that would be cool if Braun Strowman hosted. I, yeah, I think so. Oh, show okay. his sense of humor. We all see him as you know the, the monster among men. Why not show? Because I've seen videos of him where he's just this really lovable big teddy bear. Yeah, and I think we'd be like it would be nice to see a different side of him. You know, uh, you know, what would be funny is um is like uh, if like do you remember when The Rock first hosted the first time? Yeah, and but uh, the big show had the chair behind his back, and he was just holding his hands behind his back. There was like a full chair that you couldn't even see. <laughs> That's right. And like Hunter made an appearance, and yeah. it was Hunter, uh, Big Show, and somebody else. I think Mankind also made an appearance on the Rock's first Saturday Night Live. That's up, right. But I'm, I would like to see, uh, you know, I would like to see maybe next year Braun just show up at WrestleMania time. Who knows? And yeah. do something with these guys. You know, people were upset that there was no wrestler crossover on Saturday Night Live, but it's like, well, no, you don't understand. Saturday Night Live is bigger than wrestling. Yes. In the, yeah. in the scape of, I don't know if, I don't think it's bigger than wrestling. It's not it's traded on the stock market. No. But, you know, publicly, but, within the public of a North America star system. Yeah. Saturday Night Live. It took a superstar like The Rock to do that. Yeah. Yeah. And The Rock is, is you know, it's it, does it ever mind boggle you that, the Rock is the largest grossing actor in the world today, like the highest grossing. He's the new Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. Maybe in a in a in a in a way, yes, but I mean like when you watch the way he was, there's nobody like him. There was nobody like him before. There's been nobody like him since. He became bigger than wrestling. And I mean some people are probably going to get mad at me for saying that, but he did. Like he he accomplished so much, and then for him to go to where he went, it just made sense. Yeah, because there was a while there where he was in all those Disney movies, exactly. And he's the Tooth Fairy, and he's escaping a witch mountain, and he, you know. But his kids were younger then, yeah. So he didn't want to really do this, but you know, but taking over the Fast and Furious franchise, and then spawning a franchise off that this uh, Tyler and Hobbs movie. You know, the reinventing the Jumanji movies. That's right. It seems like... They're doing another one now. It's going to be out in Christmas. The last Jumanji was great. Of course, yep. I have my Jumanji joke, so I want it to keep <laughs> going. Um, you have, um, you know... Uh, oh, what else did he do recently that I thought was... Fun? Oh, fighting, fighting with my family. Yeah. Have you seen that? Not yet. Fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic. It is such a good movie. And um, the girl that plays Paige is fantastic. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Vince Vaughn is great in it. The Rock is great in it. Uh, Stephen Merchant has wrote a great script. And uh, I think more people will see it when it comes on Netflix. Yeah. You know, it's like some movies find their way in home video or Netflix or streaming. And I think this is one of those movies that's going to be more popular once people can access it uh, out of theaters. Yeah. Like, um, I remember seeing Napoleon Dynamite in theaters. I thought that was the funniest movie ever. Yeah. But nobody saw it. No, exactly. And then six months later, it comes out on video and everybody rents it. And yeah. everybody's like, that's the funniest movie ever. I was saying that six months ago. Yeah, they call it the successful failure, right? I guess so. Is yeah. that what it is? Yeah. Where it didn't do great in the box office, but became such a cult f classic. Oh, my God. That's like my comedy now. <laughs> that's why they're still airing it. You, no, man, it's you, great. You're, you're yep, in a couple mine's weeks still, ago. yep. Yeah, that's crazy. Like we taped these specials. I taped mine in 2007. Mine was 2009. And yours was 2009, and uh, so mine aired in 2008. Yours would air in 2010. Yeah. And mine's still airing today. Yeah. Still, 
And it's the hour one that airs more because they cut mine in a two. They did a half hour. Oh, wow. And an hour. Yeah, I still got paid the same. No. But, and uh, I'm not making any residuals. Yeah. So if they you. Sh- and I thought there was some kind of deal. After a certain number of years, we'd get another kickback or something. I thought so too. But nothing. I haven't, I can't find my contract. <laughs> I think they're banking on that. Yeah. Every comedian's going to lose their contract yeah. for sure. So yeah, I'm like, hey, I'm pretty sure after four years, you were supposed to fucking. Give me a some the sort sound of exchange. Never track. went after them for that. I don't know if sound exchange not even know about it. Maybe we can. Maybe this is now. We're not even talking wrestling. We're just <laughs> yeah, that's right. welcome to talking finance. <laughs> I'm your host, and Casey Corbin. Get ready to slam some <laughs> dollars and cents. Um, the yeah. Speaking of dollars and cents, um, uh, what's well, go ahead. The big thing that The Rock did, I think, he brought in female fans. My nieces loved him. A lot of girls that I know loved him. And it, and I know they loved him because he was a, a, an attractive man. He was big, muscular. But he was, I th- I think, more than any other wrestler at that time, especially, brought in the female fans that, that allowed, like, Edge to be, you know. Yeah. Uh, rated. Rated uh, R. R. Yeah, the rated R superstar. Yeah. And then, and then and it also brought in, uh, like, Lita. Yes. And, and uh Oh, I can't believe I'm forgetting her name. <laughs> Trish Stratus. Trish Stratus. Yes, yes thank you. Um, that like that that was sort of the catalyst for a lot of it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, you talk about the guys that are bringing in the girls. Let's talk about Ricky and Ricky, Ricky and Robert, Ricky and Robert, the Rock and Roll Express are drawing oh, all the girls. Yes. All the girls love Ricky and Robert. That's my Jim Cornette. Yeah. God damn it, <laughs> Ricky. True. God damn it, Ricky and Robert. They get the pussy so wet in there. Yeah. (laughs) I'm sure he said that off camera. (laughs) Yeah. Or he's maybe on a line in a drive-thru at McDonald's or or wet. (laughs) Like, don't tell me you haven't made it, you dumb bitch. Get back to your counter and fucking made it. I ordered 15 minutes ago. You ever, you ever see, you've seen the Jim Cornette drive-thru? Yes. He, the, that drive-thru thing is so, so famous that he named a podcast after it. <laughs> the Jim Cornette drive-thru experience. <laughs> I'm like, fuck, it's so great. The best is, my favorite part about that story people talk about, that forget to talk about it, is um, as Jim's in the window give it, yelling at her fucking, the fucking woman, um, there's a part where Sonny and Chris Candido were at the counter yeah. And they're like, what's going on here? And they look, and then they see crazy Jim Cornette's <laughs> fucking face in there yelling at the girl. And they're like, oh, God, it's Jim and fucking Cornette. And like, so who knows? Like and, and Jericho's in the back egging him on. You tell him, Jimmy. You tell her, Jimmy. Yeah. Like, it's just like, oh, Jericho's not helping the situation at all. So, oh, man. And that was a great concert. You should have went to Fozzie and Iron Pryor. I should have. And, you know, even Jen told me to go. Oh, man. It was... Like I am for now and forever a Fozzie fan. I already liked them a little bit to begin with because of a few songs on their last album before Judas. Yeah. But now, like Judas came out and it's such a solid album, and uh, it's great music, and they're so fucking fun to see live. And their guitarist Rich Ward is amazing. Uh, Frank the Tank on drums. You you get this. They they just signed a deal with Sony. So really, yeah. So now they're legit yeah with a big label and they're what you know they're what going does places. that mean to the aew thing oh sometimes well it means they probably get uh good burgers mom burger pop up oh, oh sorry i thought you said a and w um aew uh yeah aew i he's still gonna wrestle with aew everything's gonna be great i'm sure he's gonna be one of their champs probably pretty well, quick too well he's in the main event of the first of the first uh the first pay-per-view Against their first card against Omega. It's Jericho oh, wow. versus Omega okay. too. Well, they yeah they they did it in New Japan and it was an amazing match. So why wouldn't they? It was such a good match. Yeah, I love. It was like a just a full out fucking brawl. Yeah, and and there's something and you know there's something to be said about a, a great brawl. Um, I thought at WrestleMania, you know Brock versus um, versus Seth Rollins was a really great brawl. Uh, I thought at NXT Takeover. Walter versus Pete Dunne yeah. was a fucking brawl. I really, really liked H against Batista. I thought they went crazy uh, on each other. Another great brawl. Yeah, that was might have been the best brawl of the night. Yeah. And uh, just a great, you know, I thought Batista was going to win, but of course not. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, it was just like, it wasn't, usually sometimes I don't like Hunter, 
but I really liked the match, and yeah. uh, I thought it was fantastic. I, I was actually sort of surprised that he agreed to come in just to lose. Yeah, but I think he wanted to go out on his own. Like yeah. I think, the, you know, he wanted the fans to like him. Like, the last time he came in, he wore those blue tights, and everybody called him Blue Tista. And like, yeah. he's done a lot to make himself better. Yes. So you can't make fun of him. Again, example, he stopped wearing a belly button ring. That's right. He stopped. He got rid of the sun around his belly button as well. That's right. Like he got other tattoos to cover up his shitty tattoos. And being part of the Avengers probably helped a lot too. 100%. 100%. And the fact that he's in other movies. He's got a new movie coming out. It sort of looks like uh, kind of like, uh, you know, what is it? Your cop, your cop buddy movie. Yeah. You got your funny guy and yeah. you got your big guy. Yeah. So it's like, um, I, I want to say it's like The Rock and, and, and uh, who's The Rock funny? Kevin buddy? Hart. Exactly. It's one of those things. Yeah. And I can't remember who the funny guy is in it. Oh, it's Kumail. Kumail, um, the guy from um, Silicon Valley. Is, uh, his, I don't know his last name, but his okay. first name is Kumail. He's a comedian. Okay. And, uh, yeah, he's, gonna, he's a famous guy, famous comedian. <laughs> so um, he has a last name. And, we'll uh, get that. And, uh, well, it doesn't matter. He's <laughs> Batista's got a movie coming out. Looks great. Kumail's in it. That's all you need to know. You don't need to know Batista's first name, and you don't no. need to know Kumail's last name. This movie stars Kumail Batista. That's who's in the movie. Yeah. Um, so, uh, with that said, what's your favorite match for WrestleMania? Was it your favorite match was uh, Brock versus uh, versus Hunter? For the WrestleMania just passed? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I, Kofi Kingston, man. I, I was, I bought into the storyline. I loved it. I think it was great that he won. Yeah. Uh, they they really, I thought they built up that story great. They, they put it, and they did it. It was funny because they did it exactly the same way, in a, in a way, that they did to Daniel Bryan when he was the B-plus player. Yes. And I really liked it. And I, and when he won, I was almost crying, just like, uh, just like Xavier Woods Oh, was. you know who else was crying? <laughs> Mustafa Ali. Because that, oh was, that was his yeah, push. He must have been. That's right. That was his push that he got hurt on. That's right. And Kofi was the guy to fill in. He picked in. up the ball and ran. And he and did that's beautifully. A, and that's an example of why you gotta always gotta get them and wrestle yeah. a game with the ball. I was gonna do my Austin there, but <laughs> but that, that's true. It's the ball. You know, sometimes yeah. someone drops the ball. You gotta be there to pick it up and yeah. run with it. And he did. I, I they did a good job of making us believe that Kofi was not being used for the last twelve years. Because, exactly. Because it's, it's it's bullshit. It's like yeah, he, Kofi always had a belt. It, well, yeah. He, he always he for three years he held a tag belt. And then before that, like, look at once he won the world title, the next night on Raw, he's like, he's the Grand Slam champion. I'm like, well, wait a minute. No, I no, thought no. this guy didn't have any fucking belts. <laughs> yeah, no, that's right. It turns out he's held every belt in wrestling because in the time that he's been there. So it's like, <laughs> so it's like, well, wait a minute. You made it sound like that he, he, never, he never won any belts. And then and now you're saying he's Grand Slam? Yeah, because he's always had a belt. He's always been Kofi. My thing is, is, is Kofi the champion or is the New Day the champion? That's right. Because New that's Day true. get to defend the belt. Yeah, that's right. Like can if, can if, Big E defend it one night? Can Big E defend it against? Uh, yeah, can if 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 Mustafa wants that shot at that title, can yeah. Big E step in and defend it? And that's a good question. I got another good question for you. Though. Yeah, fire away. Um, oh fuck, I forgot. <laughs> I'll remember. <laughs> I'll remember. We'll edit this part out. Um, We're here with Wafik Nizrella. He's thinking about his question. This is the go home. Do you think yes. that the WWE kind of painted themselves into a corner and had to give Kofi the belt? Because there were segments on SmackDown where I'm watching Vince McMahon and the things he's saying and the things he's doing, and it almost put him across as racist, where he's like, you're not this. And then he made, you know, now you got to go through this gauntlet match. Yeah. And that wasn't enough. We have to put Daniel Bryan yeah. and it fucked him over. And then we're going to do this. And it almost seemed like when I was watching him, like, you got to be careful. There's going to be some people going, is it because he's black? Well, I think the question has to be asked. Is it coincidence that Kofi wins at WrestleMania when the night before they induct the only group to ever do blackface on television and, That's right. and still not get called out on it? That's true. Like, nobody ever calls DX out on their blackface sketch. 
you know, but yet you have all these politicians that are being called out every day. <laughs> that's right. But, that's right. You know, and I thought, and not only that, they announced that DX was going into the Hall of Fame when they announced it, Black History Month. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I didn't even which, notice which that. Which I tweeted, I tweeted a picture of DX in blackface and be like, nicely done, WWE. <laughs> like, you nominated the, you, you've, you're inducting the only people that have done blackface in the history. It's not the only people that have done blackface. Roddy Piper yes, he did, did yes, half right. his body black and half yeah. his body white. But, you know, um, you know, so the, with that being said, uh, and apparently he couldn't get it off. He had to go through the airport the next day like that. And oh, like, man. Yeah, it was like, you know, it's like, well, half me got a tan, you know. <laughs> so I forgot to flip. Um, yeah, I kind of felt maybe that was a bit. Because, but I didn't really know that the race was really into it. I never really paid attention until he mm-hmm. mentioned it after. Like, even during the match, they're talking about Kofi being the first black champ and Booker T's in there on the commentary yeah, exactly, saying, yeah. what the fuck was I? Yeah, yeah. Like, it, it's kind of insulting to Booker T, to Ron Simmons, and to The Rock. Yeah. And to, to, to who were all world champions. And uh, to say that Kofi is the first true black guy. It's like, you know, what are we going to argue now on, on blackness? Yeah. I'm white. I don't know what to say. Yeah. But, you know, um, but it is what it is. And now Kofi's the champion. And uh, hope, Mustafa- I, I, hope, I hope the era, he can have great matches with Mustafa. The fact is, it's not a big man sport anymore. No. It, you put the belt on Kofi and here's a guy who could be like Jay Lethal in Ring of Honor. And yeah. just be fantastic and have great matches with everybody. And I think that's something that Kofi can do. And not only that, what if they ever turned heel? What if New Day turned heel? New Day were heel to begin with. That's right. But, but what they if they turned... Sort of the, the, the universe made them yeah. face. But what if they turned back heel? And then all of a sudden, you know, like if you realize that they're like the Horsemen and, and Big E and, and uh, Woods, Xavier there, and they're there to help keep the belt on Kofi. That's right. You know, like... That would be fantastic. That would be actually, yeah. Yeah, I would like that very much so. I wonder if that would just sort of happen where they just keep interfering and by default end up being healed. Well, yeah, because they can't just keep coming down and like being in Kofi's corner for all of his matches. Like, what are these that's cheerleaders? No, that's no, no. They maybe they can win the tag team title back. Maybe they can, I don't know, throw a temper tantrum backstage and lie in the middle of the floor. <laughs> and then maybe yeah. get their belts back. Yeah. Um, now there's rumors that Sasha Banks is going to AEW. Let uh, her go. Let her, let her go. Let her, that's what I say. I was like, you know, the, the the thing is, is if you think you're bigger than the WWE, well, then go. Yeah. And guess what? Somebody will take your spot yeah. next week and you won't matter. Yeah. But you know what? You couldn't be something like look at Enzo and Cass and their clusterfuck that they've done. Yeah. It's not a big like, you know, oh, whatever. Who cares? It is what it is, but it, it's it's not. It's not. No. They're not as. They'll never be as good as what they could have been. That's right. And um, you're not Chris Jericho, who who could do anything he wants at this point because he's done it all. And he's been banned by the WWE. They recently barred him from WrestleMania. They recently barred all of his guests. All the guests from like WWE no longer can go on his podcast. Wow. He's like he can't. He he can't even believe it. But I guess uh, it's it's. This is a serious AEW is becoming a serious threat. Yeah. And the recent announcement that they're going to be announced on the TBS TNT upfronts later this fall uh, as part of their fall lineup yeah. for television. And it's going to be great. It's going to be great. The best TV that WWE did was when they were up against Nitro. And well, they're, they're not going to be. They're all going to be on different nights because they got Tuesday Night Dynamite. Oh, okay. So it's Monday Night Raw, Tuesday Night Dynamite, but then SmackDown will be on Friday nights on Fox. That's right. So, um, again, wrestling is better than ever. But who's to say that AEW after a while says, all right, we want Monday, and then we want to go up against Raw. Nitro wasn't up against Raw until I think they have the to. Click. I think they have to build their, their product first. Yeah. I think they can't rush into it. If they rush into it, they might suffer the same fate as the USFL. Like, That's true. Like, USFL was successful until they let Donald Trump talk everybody into the, going in Sunday. the fall. Yeah. And they said, they said NFL has a monopoly on, uh, on this. We're going to sue the NFL. We're going to get all this money, and then we're going to do it in the fall. We're going to kick their ass. They won. They beat the NFL. They, they won $3. dollars <laughs> yeah. And uh, that's what the NFL said. Yeah, this is as much your own. And, and the USFL fell apart. Yep. Much like everything 
else that maybe Don Trump runs. Yeah. You know, like he's uh he's he's done, you know. But hey, um Slobby Apprentice was great. Um <laughs> but you know, this is this is this is I'm just curious to see what happens and time will tell. But uh AEW, I'm looking forward to the card. Yeah. I'm looking at it's like, you know, like let's face it, double in all in was kind of them but on the backs of Ring of Honor. Yeah. But let's see them what they can do on their own. Let's oh, see the, what they can do. Do they have a big enough roster yet? I don't know. The, like, I was amazed. Like, so Sonny Kiss is a is a trans uh, is a trans person in in uh, Toronto, and uh, they are on the card. I wow. mean, they 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 were signed to AEW, and uh, so that was something that like I did never expected it. But the fact is, I can see Sonny Kiss wrestling Jungle Boy. And I can see a very, very good match. Um, I'm just curious because, like, right now, AEW is just a roster. Yeah. It's like, you know, and then there's sometimes they're going out and they're doing matches here and there and stuff like that. Yeah. But once uh, once the fall comes in and once it gets going, uh, you know, I don't know. We'll, we'll have a better, clear, uh, clearer idea of what happens after six weeks from now in Vegas and we see what happens with that. What do you think of SmackDown on, on Fox? I think it's going to be fine. I think SmackDown's already great as it is. Yeah. Usually for the most part. And I think uh, it'll get better on Fox. And I just, um, yeah, I just, wrestling's uh, bigger than ever. And so I'm now excited. If, when you go to a house show on a Friday, it might it's not going to be a house show. It's going to be a SmackDown. Who, live. who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Who knows, folks? Who knows what the future has in tail? <laughs> entail <laughs> who knows what the future entails but folks uh we've come to another end of another issue of uh wrestling to- wrestling talk talking wrestling and uh thank you uh for joining us today uh Wafik, where can we see you what do you have coming up show wise uh where can we find you online or uh in uh in life well i'm on youtube i do have a live album coming out in, in probably about a month i uh, just have to edit it and then um Right now, just hanging around Ottawa a lot. I got my family, and uh, the road isn't as uh, appealing as it once was, but uh, for the right money, I'll always go anywhere. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, like uh, a lot of stuff in and around Ottawa and Ontario. Yeah. Um, it's but all, who knows? Who knows? Like you said, who knows what the future holds? It's all about the money and the miles. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, folks, uh, so they can find Wafik Nasrallah on YouTube. Uh, yep, yeah, just search them there. You can and see two dates on my fan page on you on Facebook and a fan page on Facebook, uh, folks. Uh, I'm Casey Corbin. You can find me every week here on Talking Wrestling, and of course, uh, I'm uh, Google's number one Casey Corbin. Type my name into Google, see what all is there. Um, mostly everything is about me. If there's someone, if there's something elsewhere, if there's something about somebody else named Casey Corbin, you email them and you tell them to get the fuck off my Google page, <laughs> uh, folks. Uh, With that said, uh, thank you for letting us put a headlock on your ears. And thanks for joining us another week here on uh, TNW Pod, Talking Wrestling on Never Sleeps Network. Have a great day, and we'll see you again. And you'll hear us again next week. Out. Later. Bye. Never Sleeps Network. This has been a Never Sleeps Network production, executive produced by Alex Ross. For more information and content, visit NeverSleepsNetwork.com.